my nerds and nerdwells, and welcome back to another episode of the Adventurers Anonymous podcast, the home of improvised fantasy fuck nuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons and Dragons, and seek a glorious death. Now this week we have something a little bit special for you in the form of a one-shot. Come back in time and join us as we explore the childhood of your favourite failed crocoborn sorcerer, Belsiar. Take a stroll with us through the hallowed halls of the draconic educational institution known only as the Wizard's Sleeve, and find out what merry mischief our little friend got up to when he was nay more than a jumped-up hatchling. But, before we get there, we just want to share with you some amazing news. Now, we got out there on the internet this past week and tried to find out who our most geographically distant listeners were. Because... There's one thing that I love about doing this, is that we get to bring together nerds and nerdwells from all different countries, cultures and backgrounds. So, we're based in Sheffield in the United Kingdom. However, some of the contenders were Paul from Scunthorpe in the UK. <laughs> yeah, nice Paul, but no biscuit for you. We also had Catman from San Antonio, Texas, J.D. Dreyfus from Cleveland, Ohio, and even the Reflex Safe podcast who tune in all the way from Brisbane, Australia. But the winner, by some distance, has to be Philippe Z. Alves from Sao Paulo, Brazil. That's 11,300 miles away. And with that, our little minds were literally blown. You know, all you lovely people from all the corners of the globe, all tuning in each week to share in a little improvised fantasy fucknuggetry with us. It's just amazing. So a big thank you to all of our listeners, one and all. Right, it gets said every week, but it's worth noting that content from here on in is not suitable for little ears. It's mostly improvised and entirely inappropriate. Listener discretion, as always, is advised. And with that, who's ready for a very special way back when one shot with my friend and yours, Belsia? So without further ado, go grab yourself a drink, pull your chair closer to the fire, and come join Chris, Matt and myself for this week's episode of The Adventurer's Anonymous Podcast. Please enjoy. We're going to go for a little retrospective romp through the childhood of young Belsier in the Wizard Sleeve Magical Institution and find out what made him the swelled crocoborn that we find him many decades later in our adventures. So, without further ado, let me introduce my colleagues. Chris Neal, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, thank you. Uh, I had a, a couple of trash fire, garbage fire days at work, but I'm I'm looking forward to delving into the mind of uh, Flag and Soul Spring, learned learned wizard. He's not learned; he's at school. He's a learning wizard. Learning <laughs> wizard. Um, brilliant, 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 brilliant. And Mr. Durant, how are you, sir? I'm good, thanks. I can't believe you've not noticed my new glasses. Ah, wow. Which translates so well in the audio medium. You confused us by changing everything in the background as well, though. Just so you wouldn't notice everything else you, has changed. You fucked us, Matt. Also, I, I shaved I, I, my eyebrows. I won't be fucked with. They are, they are looking very good, your eyebrows. We'll post a picture of them on social media. Um, now then, as we, we probably put this out... It'll be a few weeks' time, but it's worth just pausing to reflect on the Queen's Jubilee, I feel. What what manner of japery did you get up to, Mr. Neil, during the Queen's Jubilee? Um well, you know me, I'm a I'm a massive royalist at heart. I um I every every minute of, of those four days was spent just just fucking fist pumping to the most British music I could find and <laughs> just singing the praises and extorting the values of 
of the Queen. No, fuck, fuck that. <laughs> Um, no, I spent the entire four days just like um, tottering around the house. Went went for lunch with Mister Durant and uh, and oh, his yeah. girlfriend. Um, yeah, uh, that's nice. I had imagined. I thought you were going to say fifth fucking a corgi when you started that off. As you were you were uh, flying around the the Fs. Um, okay, so no bunting, no scones. I see, I see. And uh, as one half of a Finnish relationship, Matt, what were you doing for the Jubilee? I learned to play um, Royal Britannia on spoons, and I recorded that and sent it to the Queen. You she know, we're going to ask you to do that now. We're literally going to delay our own one shot. Yeah, um, let me get my spoons. You can, you can get your spoon. Oh no! Oh, shit! Uh, fuck. fuck! Oh no! Sorry, I've. I've water all over my microphone. Now it's crackling. That's a shame. Uh, unfortunately, Matt needed to tune his spoons and we didn't have enough time. Right. Okay. Chris, before we lose any more listeners in this podcast, I'm going to assume this week that we're sponsored by Air Drawn Dagger. So tell us what's going on in the world of our lovely supporting band. Uh, they, um, I know they've put out a couple of videos from behind the scenes of shooting their latest music video. Yeah. Uh, the one, the one where they all look like newscasters yeah. in some kind of weird communist um, dictatorship. Um, especially Ross, he looks, he looks, he looks very good in the like trench coat and scarf look. Um, so um, yeah, check it out on their, uh, check it out on their uh, social medias on the on the social medias. If you uh, want to see Lewis wearing a false moustache, that's the voice of Aristobulus. You can see him dressed up as as a TV news presenter. I think wearing a false moustache. Yeah. Which certainly tickled my fancy. Right, before we lose any more of you lovely listeners, let's uh, get the fuck on with the one shot. So the whole point of this one shot is to delve back into the past of Belsiar, the failed sorcerer, one-time children's party entertainer. But how did he become the man, the crocodile, that we find him? What manner of adventures and mischief did he get up to at school? So, in a true retrospective moment, let me take you back to Draconic, the Draconic Empire. Let me take you back to Draconia, the home of the Dragonborns. And not just to any part of Draconia, but to a very special and very privileged institution. Now, not your average school, not your average run of the mill place to grow up, but this. This is a very elite place where only the very best, brightest and richest offspring ever get to tread the hallowed halls of this institution. It is known only as the wizard's sleeve. And if you have any affection or understanding of Harry Potter, put that out of mind. For this isn't a castle, nothing as crass and as twee and as cliched as growing up in a castle. No, this is more of a stately home. This is more, imagine... Uh, in amongst the dry and barren land of Draconia, where there is many a hosepipe ban, this is a lush and verdant estate where the, the lawns, the croquet lawns that descend out the front of this school are verdant and green and striped. And the building itself is sheer regality itself, hewn out of marble, many, many tiers high with alabaster columns at the front, looking out over the lawns and estate. All manner of playing fields gather around the school to one side, a yachting lake, to the other side, a golf course, and to the rear of the school grounds beyond the concourse and the quadrangle, we find the cricket grounds. And it is where we start off our adventure behind the um, cricket pavilion 
where two young, well, not crocoborn, one crocoborn and one dragonborn is where we meet our characters. Uh, young Belsia, the crocoborn, and his friend, Flagon Soulspring, both of which are sharing a cigarette behind the cricket pavilion at the end of the school grounds. At the end of a day, both of them are boarders who do not go home but stay at school. And as the, as the golden bronze sun dips over the horizon and the light dims, we find these two sharing a cigarette as wholesome friends behind the cricket pavilion. Would you like to describe your characters? Uh, Matt, for instance, I'm not sure all of our listeners, A, know who Belsiar is yet, or if they're joining us for the first time, may not be aware what a crocoborn is. Would you like to illuminate them? Uh, sure. Belsiar's a, a young, uh, obnoxious um, trust fund baby who has um, been given every opportunity in life and has taken them all for granted. Um, you find him here at the Wizard's Lead, where his his dad is one of the professors. He's basically got everything going for him. Little does he know he's going to fuck it all up. Um, Spoilers. <laughs> um, and as a as a as a crocoborn, he's um, uh, slightly out of place among the other students who are all kind of playing Dragonborn. Crocoborn are a bit more crocodilian. Um, kind of, they can they can hold their breath in the water. They like swamps. Um, but but there's if if there's one thing that makes him stand out at the wizard sleeve, it's that he he's got a he's got a pointy snout and big fangs. Um, that's mm-hmm. that's Belsia. Nice. And uh, Chris, would you like to describe Flagon Soulspring, Belsia's friend? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, Flagon Soulspring um is quite a um it's quite a, a like slight but wiry build um brass dragonborn um he um you know and as much as anyone from the wizard sleeve comes from um a rich family he he comes from a a, a rich family with quite a legacy of. Not so much of, of spell casting, but of, of great deeds and people who have, um, created a great legacy in, in battle and in kind of, um, diplomatic pursuits as well. So he's, he's kind of, as much as Bels, as much as Belsia says he's got kind of the world, the world on like a plate in front of him and is just doing nothing to like, take advantage of it uh flagon is is kind of like he's more like on the other side of it he's he's he knows that he's got the world in front of him um and there's a lot of pressure on him to kind of to take that like or to take what take what's in front of him i guess as you two share a cigarette as the sun goes down behind the cricket pavilion knowing the trouble you would be in if you were caught both of you ear holes pricked for any sign of teachers, etc. You hear a rustling round the side of the cricket brilliant as you, you, you usher away the cigarette. As with great relief, you see your friend Rolo, the uh, dragonborn who walks round the side of the pavilion, looks at you both, looks Belsia straight in the face and says, Croxley, you massive weapon, how are you doing? Rolo! Oh, it's... No, hang on, it's... Uh... <laughs> It's the wrong word. I thought you were to be like, Bonza! <laughs> um, how, do you, how do posh people talk to each other? 
Well, look, listen, 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 enough of this dilly-dallying. Can I have a puff on whatever the fuck it was you were smoking a moment ago? And don't say that you won't. I can smell it in the air, you pad. All right, then. Here you go. Well, no need to play poor. Seriously, as he just takes the cigarette off you. It's slightly crooked now. It's like almost bent and sagging at the end as you've like tried to squirrel it away as he takes a solid puff on it. It's like, not bad shag pile. No, you never guess what happened. I was out in the uh, courtroom earlier in the quadrangle and uh, that twat Monty barged past me, nearly knocked all my notes out of my hand. So I looked at him and said, Monty, what are you starting? He only went and drew a fucking wand on me. Twat. Uh, Monty. <laughs> Massive <laughs> wazard drew a willow wand. What kind of twat draws a willow uh, wand? Oh, that little prick. Oh. Uh, well-class twat that he is. And I said to him, don't be starting nothing with Willow. Willow, don't beat nothing. You want yourself an oak wand, you twat, you pauper. <laughs> anyway, so if you haven't heard, those wazers over in Plimpton House have gone and got themselves a case of the pink eye. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very good. Very good, yes. I suspect you had nothing to do with it, eh, Rollo? No, I did not have anything to do with it, you cad flagon. So be careful around their common room. Don't want to get any of that shit. Tell you what, I think they've been buttering their toast on both sides, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I do. Anyway, what, uh, you boys want to be getting back before it gets dark. You don't want to be getting in trouble now, do you? Oh, yeah. Maybe we get in trouble all the time. Yes, we both know you're the teacher's pet. In fact, that teacher is your father. So let's not fuck around. We all know you get straight A's in divination, you twat. Only because I'm really good at it. Yeah, maybe you're fucking your father. It's not hard when your father is the head of divination, is it? I really, I'll challenge you to a to a to a hair altering contest right here and now. Ah, fuck off with your hair altering contest! What use is hair altering when we're all crocoborn and dragonborn? None of us even have fucking hair. What kind of useless trick was that? Oh, Tom? So, you, so what, one day, let's say you've got to fight ten really hairy goblins, and you can make all their hair grow, and then they can't see you, and then you get an advantage when you're fighting them. The only thing you're going to use alter hair for is to grow some pubes. That's oh, oh, you went there. I don't mean to be a naysayer, Belsayer, but I believe I believe Rolo just just scored a hit on you. Oh. <laughs> Touche, twat. Draw your willow. Anyway, I'm off to score some crunk in the village. So I will see you later. Adieu, mon ami. As he just jumps through a hole in the hedge and fucks off, leaving you two... Um, at the end of the cricket grounds, basically, you can see the school in the distance, um, all kind of lit up. The white alabaster marble of the school has a lovely kind of bronze, golden color to it as the setting sun is lighting up the playing fields. Did he say that we were kind of at curfew? Yes. Okay. Do, do Flagon and Belsiar, are we in like the same house? Yes, I'm glad you asked. Now then, in the Wizard Sleeve, which is a premier wizarding institution for the sons of the wealth and private, as with all private schools, it has a house system. The house system is there to generate interest in not only academia, sporting events, but also just to add a little rabble rousing. Now then, as with all good school institutions, it is split by four with the houses as follows. For those of you who are taking notes as we go along, there is Argyle, there is Balgoni, which you are in, there is Staniforth, and there is Plimpton. Plimpton being the pink-eyed uh, toast butterers. 
Um, yes. Each of you has, as boarders, your own living quarters that you share with your various other housemates, and also a common room where you have communal space, where you can do your studies, where you can rest and read and relax. You can, if you wish, go to the common rooms of the other houses, but it's not always advised as there is a degree of diplomacy involved in just, you'd, you'd, you'd be better to go with an invite. What do you, what do you say then, Belsia? Shall we make our way back to the common room? Yeah, let's. And if I see any of them platons, I'm going to set them on fire, maybe from a distance. <laughs> better to set them on fire than to touch them with that fucking yeah. pink eye. Yeah. yeah. Cool. They, they I'll, I'll, be... I'd, wager, I'd wager Rolo had something to do with that. <laughs> yes, yeah. I fucking hate him. <laughs> but he's so cool. This is like the washest version of Beavis and Butthead I've ever heard. This, this, makes, this <laughs> makes me so anxious just thinking about it. Oh. I love it. So things you need to know about private education. Everyone refers to each other by their surnames. Almost everybody in a private education at some point will know somebody whose father was also in that private edu- um, institution or one of their parents is a teacher. That's just given. And you will have to wear the school uniform, rain, shine, snow, like gale. So currently, even in the sweltering heat of uh, Draconia, you are still wearing black robes. Being caught not wearing black robes, except on a Saturday and Sunday, is a big no. So just for just for my benefit again, the four houses were Argyle, Plimpton, Staniforth, and was it Balgoni? Yeah, Balgoni. That's oh, lovely. Pretty good. Bonus XP to you. Right. So as you start making your way, now you're not idiots. You know not to walk across the cricket greens because you'll get like castrated and or crucified. You make your way around the edge, weaving in and out of some of the cricket blinds. As you notice um, coming the other way, the burly form of Kakarin Snuggletuft, who is the groundskeeper. Now then, all groundskeepers in good schools have to be a sort of rough looking guy he's wearing plaid uh he's in a kind of like lumberjack shirt rolled up he's the angriest looking like you know rough and ready crocoborn you've ever seen not crocoborn dragonborn you've ever seen as he's weaving in and out uh he's inspecting the quality of the grass on the cricket pitch as you see him coming the other way uh there's at the moment various bits of like cricketing paraphernalia between him and you um i'm gonna i'm gonna just like uh grab belsiar's sleeve and say get down it's that it's that fucking check shirt oh hi him uh can we like hide behind a bush or something yeah is there like cover that we can use uh yeah some of the um some of the areas are um there's an archery course to one side and there's a nice hedgerow that you can attempt to yeah i'm gonna do that if it helps us like get around him to go in the direction that we we were heading in i guess uh i'd like you both to make me a stealth check <laughs> i got a natural one <laughs> Hold the roll together. Uh, I got a natural 20. Natural, natural 20. <laughs> As you're weaving in and out of the cricket paraphernalia, you spot the hedgerow, the archery um, range to one side. As you know, all, all great academic institutions have an archery range. As um, moving, moving, moving stealthily, you see in the distance um, uh, Snaggletuft, who is very much interested on in the cricket greens. As you make your way um, 
sliding in and out of the cricketing equipment. Unfortunately, Flanagan, you're so busy looking at Snaggletuft, you accidentally bang into um, a box which is full of um, spring-loaded uh, cricket stumps for uh, the juniors as three cricket stumps. Spring-loaded cricket stumps. Boing. And you just fall to the ground and... There's uh, Belsia just grabs you by your wrist and starts grab just pulling you into the bush. Um, both of you like slowly vanishing. Homer Simpson has like into the bush. <laughs> uh, there's just like a pair of legs slowly reversing backwards into a bush as you see Snaggletuft like wander over, look at the stumps confusedly, and like look up and down the hedgerow. Good, good shout, Belsia. You say, whilst just getting dragged backwards by your wrist. I mean, when we get into the bush, at that point, I'm probably just like, you're really well hidden here. I can see every scale on that leathery old bastard's head. We still have to see that fucking checked shirt he wears. (laughs) Yeah. If I had some kind of shirt-altering spell, I'd change it to a pink shirt. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> one, one day, one day, my one day, my crocodilian friend, we will. <laughs> As you look down and you look at your own uh, testicles and realise they're now like smashed avocados. <laughs> <laughs> what? He <laughs> just took three cricket stumps to the testicles. Oh. Um, as uh, as you both limp your way along the hedge line, um, slowly making your way on the, the other side of the hedge line, you see Snaggletuft go off, head him down towards the cricket pavilions as you've dodged, you've dodged uh, detention quite easily. Maybe, you know, at the, at the, um, at the small price of your dragon hood, which has been smashed up like a piñata at a five-year-old's birthday party, uh, you make your way into the rear of the actual estate proper of the school and you see there's a pair of French windows that you know are often unlocked late at evening that lead into the main ballroom, which can be used for egress in and out of. Uh, as you dodge in and out of a few flower beds, looking up at the windows to make sure no one's watching you, looking at verandas, you weave in and out of the flower beds around fountains as you make your way up to the edge of the French windows. Sorry, Flagon, you can't come in here. You're not allowed in the ballroom if you haven't got any. <laughs> oh, good, sh- good shot, sir. I'll give you that for that one. <laughs> oh, that one. That one struck a little too true. Oh. Jesus Christ. As... Um, what's your how are you approaching all of this you've got the french windows in front of you it's now the sun is pretty much setting over the horizon you look back and you see snaggletuft is just a distant blip at the end of the cricket pitches uh you see him doing some maintenance around the pavilion um can i um can i try and finagle with the um the mechanism on the window to see if um to see if i can get it open i'll um i'll pop i'll tap belsiar on the shoulder as well and just and just say keep an eye keep an eye on the fucking check shirt i'll handle the window okay so uh belsiar can you make me a perception check and flagon can you make me an investigation check uh, six for perception that's a 23 for investigation. Amazing. Um, 
So you notice, Flagon, on the way out that the piece of card that you'd wedged into the mechanism to stop the lock going back in is still there. Nobody's been through here, so you're you're absolutely fine to go back in. Um, whereas Belsiar is of no use. He's just lost in the majesty and beauty of a sunset. As you look over, a single crocodilian tear is rolling down his uh, extended beak as uh, you just see the beauty in the clouds and the golden sunset. And as you look up, you get that weird thing where you can just about start seeing the moon as the sun goes down in the in the night sky. They got lost. Wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna like take the take the card out and hold the hold the the, the window open and turn around and just like look at Belsar and just be like psst, psst. What is it? Come, come along, you dainty prick. Alright. I've got the window. Oh, I, I, I jump through the window. I hold the window open for him and then I kind of very, just kind of like vault myself over through the window. Both of you vault yourself over the window, landing inside the ballroom, slowly lowering the window mechanism back down. It makes a resounding click as the mechanism falls back into place. You pocket the piece of card in your back pocket that you've used many times to sneak out. Looking around, you see the majesty of the ballroom, which has the dance floor. It has beautiful frescoes painted on the walls. At one end, it has a pipe organ that uh, many times you've had male-only balls uh, dancing away to the the jaunty tunes of the pipe organ. No, that's not true. There are women at this school. Um, You, yeah, you make your way. It seems oddly um, quiet and echoey in there. It's a large kind of chamber, normally filled with lots of people. Um, As you scuttle your way across, Opening the doors at the far end, you come out into the corridors, weaving your way around, always on lookout, listening for uh, teachers, prefects or other students, none of which should particularly be out of their dorms or their common rooms at this hour. Um, I need you again to make me a stealth check. Thirteen. Uh, Eleven. Eleven. As you make your way, almost making it back to Balgoni's common room, having gone up a flight of stairs, uh, you come out onto a corridor. At the other end of the corridor, just coming round um, a corner, you hear two teachers talking to each other uh, seconds away from entering the corridor. Are they between us and the entrance to the Balgoni common room? Uh, they will be coming past the entrance to the Balgoni common room shortly, but they're currently round a corner. You can hear them chatting away about um, how a teacher's job is never done, how you have to look after the little shit and then spend your evenings marking their scrawlings. Just regular shit then. Can we, um, is there time for us to get, um, to get into the common room before they come around the corner? Uh, you can certainly make a mad dash for it if you want to. Both of you can make me an athletics check. Is, are we allowed in the common room at this time? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's where, that, if anything, that's where they'd expect us to be, really. Okay. Yeah. Um, this acrobatics. Uh, athletics. Athletics. Okay. Uh, 17. Uh, I got a 10. Which you've got disadvantage on, don't you, Bills? Oh, no, that's your adult form, isn't it? Oh, I do. Well, I do on here anyway, but I rolled 17 and 16 anyway. 17. So 16. And what did you get, Flagon? Uh, 10. 10. Charging your way in there, you run as fast as you can. Turn, um, flicking the, um, there is a code on the door as you scroll the code in to stop the other kids. Basically, there was a massive, um, fad of people from other houses breaking into the other common rooms and stealing the communal posters and keeping them all as trophies. 
So uh, they put four-digit codes on tumblers in uh, the doors. As you hammer in your digits, burst through the door, slamming it behind you, you slide against the door, looking as you see various of your housemates all sitting in wingback chairs, look up from their books with arched eyebrows. Where you oi, oi, what are you fuckers doing? One of your friends, who's a goody two-shoes, who's called Timothy, looks up from his little book. He's quite small. He's that kind of kid who... Everyone always wondered if he was far too small to go to school, but by the time you saw him 20 years later on Facebook, he had absolutely shredded and looked like he owned a gym. But at this point, Timothy is tiny, scrawny little kid, looks up through little pince-knees glasses, and is like, where have you been? We've been at the cool kid's house being cool. You wouldn't know about it. I don't care about the cool kids. The cool kids will not get a good job. The cool kids will not get a good income. The cool oh, kids. Oh, Timmy, Belsiar's wow. just just being a just being a prick. We were only at the library. We both know the opening hours of the library do not extend outside of the hours, and we can leave the common room legally. But anyway, they, they, it, the the opening hours of the library do not matter for those who have a permission slip from the divination professor. Yeah, and I just, I just, I just give a little eye over to Belsia because we're cool and you're not. As he looks over at Flagon, he's like, "Well, judging by the grass stains on your knees and the swelling in your crotch, <laughs> I don't know what you've been up to." All kinds of things happen at public schools. <laughs> yeah. Um. As he looks down back at his book and just carries on studying by the flickering firelight of the common room, um, you two share a dorm as well, the various dorms that splinter off. Uh, you see very other wingback chairs, there's some free ones in front of the fire. Um, there's all the communal trappings of a private school. There's uh, the communal toaster with unlimited bread. Uh, <laughs> there are copies is it, of. Is it the kind that has like a little conveyor belt? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, like you get an old Premier in and Best Westerns. Um, <laughs> There is a selection of the finest bagels and muffins in the land, and there are all the various um, broadsheet newspapers. Never the tabloids, always a broadsheet um, at your disposal. And a small bibliotheque of scientific and academic journals for you to you know, peruse at your will. I like this is where, this is where Belsia got his love of breakfast and brunch from. Just <laughs> 24 <laughs> hour unlimited. unlimited toast. Brunch <laughs> is just the, the, the side product of that. Um, what time is it roughly now? Oh, eight thirty-nine. We're in the hotter months, so the sun goes down later. Okay, um, I'll walk over and um, just grab a couple of bagels and um, and toss one over to Belsia. Um, and as you do, um, you see in the queue for the ba- by the bagels, you see the back of uh, a beautiful, beautiful dragonborn looking lady. Um, her scales curve in all the right places. <laughs> um, she, you've definitely got a crush on her. And as she turns around, you see one of her eyes is like all wonky. Whereas her, her name is Marjoram. She is by far the most beautiful dragonborn you've ever seen, except for her lazy eye, which roams around like a CCTV camera, just kind of like... (laughs) A CCTV Um, camera that's had all the wires pulled out. (laughs) (laughs) Marjoram is a definite... All the kids have a crush on Marjoram. 
Um, I threw half my bagel at her to, <laughs> to demonstrate <laughs> to, to demonstrate my nonchalant but hidden feelings for her. I love the I love the I love how you're deeply examining the ways in which you're just just toxically masculine. <laughs> I threw half my bagel at her, but. For good reason. So the the, the, the butter sidelines. For the first time, legitimately, was being a DM. Make me a performance check. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, nineteen. Nineteen. Um, as you throw her part of your bagel, she jumps, snaps in the air, and catches it in her maw. Um, <laughs> as both eyes now rotate round to look at you, as Marjoram is like. Where have you boys been? You could get in some serious trouble if you're caught out at night. And judging by you, you've been smoking again. Oh. Suddenly, Belsel gets very sheepish. She's like, haven't, uh, "No, I haven't." Well, I haven't. Has I haven't? You know. Uh, uh, well, you know. You you know. Uh, you, you know, Marge, uh, Dragonborn of our age and, and Crocoborn of our age. We've got to have certain vices. Yeah, but your vices should be academia. If you hang around with that cad Rolo, you will get yourself in trouble. Now, anyway. Tomorrow is a big, big day. It is the finals of the school um, lacrosse championships. And we all know that you need to be ready for it. Why are you out puffing the night before? We need you in prime. We need you in shape. You are our star players at lacrosse. As sportsmen, we have certain rituals that we abide by. In the 1990s, and you're not Gaza. So <laughs> maybe you want to nip that shit in the bud. What's a Gaza? <laughs> Don't worry. You just, I've been sniffing the fumes again. <laughs> um, as she looks at you, she's like, there's clearly some degree of like affection between her and um, Belsia, but clearly none of them have the tools in their toolbox. I mean, they do have the tools in their toolboxes. They're just not entirely sure what to do with the tools or how to handle them without cutting themselves. So that's... It's kind of there's an awkward kind of um, sex education, what? guys. It's important. Don't don't fuck with sex education. Meanwhile, in another classroom, the uh, the the sex edu- the biology professor is saying, and then the the male inseminates the eggs like so. Yeah, there's a man who's like the female lays the eggs and swims downstream, whilst the male waggles upstream and inseminates them. With but, a but he's he's just doing it like that Dwayne Johnson bit in Family Guy, where he just takes the two dolls and goes. <laughs> um yes he's got he's got a punch and judy kit but they're both crocodiles and there's a string <laughs> of <laughs> just, just off each other. but like the bottom half like yeah the snout's pointed upwards yeah <laughs> amazing that, that works oh, well. why, why don't we have video yeah. <laughs> right yes so with all of this what are you opting to do you know there's a warm fog in the air from the hearth the coals are burning down low now even Timothy has fallen asleep in his book you see his little head slumped over the side of the hardback book he was reading um, um, is there any can I like super glue his book together or something like that just for last you do whatever you want there's a, there's a degree of condiment not condiments but spreads so again I mean the, un, the, the it's not just toast you, you've got um, raspberry jam seedless orange jam can um, I put one of every type of condiment? Marmalade. Can I put 
one of type one type of every type of condiment in his book and then close the pages and smush them together and then leave the book by him when he's while he's sleeping so that when yeah. he wakes up his book's covered in jam and mustard. Make me a sleight of hand check. <laughs> Come on, thirteen. Can I um can I give him the help action? <laughs> So that so that so that he gets advantage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's a thirteen and a nineteen. A nineteen. So, um, Belsia, you go first. Getting a butter knife, you just slowly but very efficiently just start every page. Just <laughs> almost like, do you know? Have you ever seen those videos of like professional bricklayers where they just put down layer upon layer and they've got the trowel and it's just, yeah, it's like that, but with like jam and pages. As you're just very efficiently layering it up like a um, like a papyrus sandwich, and um, part way through, you realise as you go to smear peanut butter on there, you realise that Timothy is allergic to peanuts. His windpipe starts closing. As Flagon just drags him out of the armchair, gets him in the recovery position and opens his airways back up as he just drifts off into a quiet sleep in the recovery position far away from the deadly peanuts. <laughs> just hijinks. Yeah, just, 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 we've all been there. I just, I, I just like lean in and whisper to Belsia, we don't need a, we don't need another repeat of the winter formal, do we? <laughs> Was that peanut butter? That little, that, little, that little prick nearly drowned in the punch bowl. <laughs> um, right, as the both of you bid fond farewells uh, to um, Marjoram, uh, there's a there's an odd like that weird thing where you keep looking back at each other, Belsia, and smiling weirdly. Like you just can't. There's that weird kind of like eye contact. You're like eye fucking each other and smiling awkwardly. <laughs> <laughs> as you both back away into your rooms on the either side and close the doors, um, Flagon and um, Belsie are sharing a room with a bunk bed, uh, a couple of seats, a wardrobe, and a window with a view out onto the lawns. Is it just? Is it just us in this dorm? Yeah, right? just you two in a bunk bed. I just. I'm going to turn to Belsie um, and and just say, oh. When are you when are you going when are you and when are you and Marge going to go, going to hit it off already? What are you talking about? She's totally out of my league. Well, I mean, obviously, but <laughs> all women are out of are out of our league. But... I'm, a, I'm a I'm a giant crocodile. She'd never see anything in me. Oh, but I mean, don't get me wrong. I find it fucking mystifying myself. But she does. She does seem to have some other warm affections for you. Do you think so? Maybe, maybe if I win the big lacrosse game and Croxley, listen, I'm the most socially anxious, fucking awkward little nerd that this that has ever had the good grace to to trespass across this this good institution. If even I can see it, the way that you two fucking dither and daddle around each other, fucking Christ, just. Just tell her how you feel. Thanks, Flagon. I think we're going to be friends forever and ever and ever and ever. Both of this, as um, you're both, there's a there's a bowl of water and a mirror. As you're both just like doing your ablutions, brushing your teeth, both of you in little string vests. As, you, <laughs> as um, you're doing, you know, you put your clothes on a little rack, all neatly folded up as you're basically swearing your friendship allegiance to each other. You can I, hear some weird groaning noises coming through the wall <laughs> inside, 
But in private school, you learn not to ask questions. Fucking private schools. Fucking knock it. Fucking knock it down. You don't even know what sex is. Um, right. What are you guys doing? Um, I guess I'll probably just. I'll probably just go to bed. To be fair. Um, I've probably got some not like a not like a spell book in the in the mechanic sense of D and D, but I probably have something akin to like notes that i've made about spells and stuff i'd probably just like read that until i until i start to drift off to sleep yeah um so as flanken goes to sleep looking like he's reading a spell book in fact he's got his quill and he's just drawing incredibly accurate pictures of him and marjoram together the jealousy of the affection that she should have taken <laughs> Uh, yeah, drifting off, reading your spells. You're, um, you know, you know, both of you are on the path to greatness in terms of sorcery and wizardry in your own separate ways. Um, it gets to as the candles are snuffed out and both of you relax into your plush feather pillows. You drift off into a warm fog. Both of you doing that thing where you're like, "Night, Belsia. I flag her. Oh, you will. You do. Good night. Good night, Cruxley. Stop thinking about Marge." Or if you're going to think about it, do it, do it fucking quietly. <laughs> Flagon currently has his testicles in an ice bath. It's <laughs> off with the two giant swollen by fucking by bulls. No, I'm joking. Um, yeah, as you both drift off into a, into a good sleep, happy dreams, Flagon dreaming about getting chased around the gardens by Snaggletuft. And um, um, occasionally you hear a groaning noise coming from Belsiar's bed as he as he dreams about um, playing dodgeball with Marjoram. Um, as you hear a crash in the night, you hear a bump and a crash coming from the common room. Do you hear that as well? It sounded like a bump and a crash coming from the common room. Not a bump and a crash. We must away. I bet it's those pricks from pillar whatever the bee house was if it's those pink-eyed pricks from pimpleton i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna plimpton Plimpton. yeah what are you doing what are you doing what are you doing uh i'm gonna i'm gonna jump up open the door and just see what i can see from the see what i can see from the doorway stealthily i'm not even gonna make you make a stealth check i'm just gonna say you're stealthy you open the door ajar you're used to sneaking around at school it's what is what you do Danger Wank is your middle name. As you open the door very, very stealthily, looking out very dimly into the... the, the I mean, the, the embers of the fire are all but gone out now. You see Timothy on the floor in the recovery position, snoring away happily. Um, Just with a, a, a big penis drawn on his forehead by someone unknown. In peanut butter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, it turns red and just stays there for weeks. Yeah. He's got three EpiPens sticking out of it. He's got a fucking rash on his forehead that doesn't look like a dick. Um, yeah, with the peanut butter rash on his forehead. As um, looking out with the scant moonlight you can see coming in through the stained glass windows, because these aren't just windows, they're stained glass windows, because, you know, this is, a, this is a top league academic institution. As um, uh, through the stained glass window, which depicts uh, images of um, St. Silas, you see um, a dark figure stalking through the centre of the common room, moving from shadow to shadow. Um, do we do we have any idea who it is? Mm, not someone, not someone we recognise from our house. Not from a shadow. This is a dark form. You see it walk over. Look down, nearly trip over the form of Timothy, casually step over him, 
wait for his snoring to lower itself to a rhythm, and then they carry on over to the bagel station. <laughs> can I? Um, can I? Is there like a um, in the doorway or in our dormitory? Is can I pick up like a small? I don't know, like a small coin or something, something that I can easily lob at them. Well, if you've got stuff in your inventory, you've all got stuff in your inventory. I've got. Uh, but I, I, I guess that you also create knives and forks. One of your few cantrips. No, no, no. But I'm not wanting to like. Throw, I'm not wanting to like throw butter on knives. Full on hurt them. I've got hey, a, throw a spoon at them. I've got a. Um, I think I've got a bar of soap. I could do it. I'll. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna cast light on the bar of soap so that it emits uh, light in like a twenty foot radius. Uh, and then quickly lob it at them and shout and shout, "Get the fuck away from our bagels, you you fucking knave!" <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So one action casting light onto your bar of soap. And let's be honest, this is premier soap. You know, this is cushions. This is like this is good soap. Comes in a little paper pack. Uh, this isn't the kind of stuff you see, you know, not the kind of thing on a soap dish with a pube stuck to it. This is a proper kind of like full-on scented soap that gets a good lather on it as you you you, um, you cast light on it. I need you to make me an athletics check as you throw it across the room. Uh, Twelve. Twelve. Um, you're, you're, as much as you're, you're a key member of the lacrosse squad, waking up in the middle of the night is not optimal. As you light the soap, you blind yourself with it. You're like, Ugh. as you toss the soap across the room, your feeble attempt at top hand just nicks the top of one of the wing back chairs, tumbles on the floor. You see the soap s- sliding across the polished panelled floor and as it uplights the figure from underneath, like the Phantom of the Opera, as you instantly recognise your um, one of the bullies from um, from Staniforth House called um, Crippen, and as you see the slightly large bellicose form of Crippen unlit, uplit, he's holding your toaster in both arms. As drop that, been... drop that fucking toaster now, Crippen, you Staniforth prick! I'll slay you where you stand. He's got your like proper industrial toaster under one arm as he makes a mad dash for the door. Come on, Belsia, we can still, we can still get him. We'll be the heroes of Balgoni. <laughs> I've just. <laughs> Got a, I've got a sling, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna leap forward with my sling at the ready and just be like, stop right there, you cur! He doesn't really, I mean, make me an intimidation check. Come on. Twelve. Yeah, he, he just has a snarl. He's, he, he's a cunt. Like, he's not gonna slow down for your words. Can I, can, um, we, can we, um, do you say that he was making his way for the door? Yeah, he's making a mad dash. He's I'm slightly gonna, by the fact he's holding an industrial toaster. But I'm gonna, you know, I'm, gonna I'm gonna run after him. Belsio, were you using your slingshot? Um, are we allowed to, like, kill trespassers? Look, because we're it, rich, it, we're rich people, so I assume if you find a burglar from the middle of the night, they'll pay for the revivifying, right? This isn't David and Goliath. I don't think you're going to kill someone with a slingshot with one single stone. I do have ice knife, though, so... <laughs> uh, you, do, you do as the mood takes you, Belsia. This is your this is your origin story. Okay, it's not it's not quite an ice knife, but I think, yeah, I think I'll, I'll, I'll cast the first stone. Very good for you without judgment. Um, you made the roll for that, please. Uh, that's a 
13 plus 4, 17 to hit. 17, okay. Yeah, that's a definite hit. He's just in his gowns. Um, you make me a damage check. And that's that's pretty damaging for, for a weapon of a child. Uh, six. <laughs> that's, that's half your health. And the, um, you, you do the releasing it on the um, swing round as you see the pebble which you've collected from the banks of the river, so they're nice and kind of spherical pebula. Um, pebula, that's a word. As um, you see it arcing through the air, catches him, Jane on the temple, as he just sort of goes a little bit slack-jawed and just collapses onto the ground, and you just kind of see him twitching on the floor. Toaster hits the deck, looks a little bit dented, but, you know, probably okay. As um, people start coming out of their rooms and like heads appear out of doors, as you just see the twitch, the twitching, the twitching form of Crippen on the floor with foam starting to come out the corner of his mouth. Okay, first things first, I hide the sling in my pocket. Yep, absolutely. I um, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk oh, over. Hide the sling on Timothy. I'm gonna <laughs> walk over to um to the toaster um, and I'm gonna pick it up. And there's like a there's like a moment where you don't know what what Flagon's about to say, and then I I look up at Belsier and I nod and I say, um, Belsier, Belsier stopped uh stopped th- those fucking Staniford pricks from stealing our toaster. He's a fucking <laughs> he's a hero of Balgoni. There's a bit of a moment yeah. in the crowd, a bit of a bit of a susurration amongst the the people, and then suddenly there's a hoop hip hooray. And then everyone's like, bagels are back! As you put the toaster down, it's a bit dinted on one side, but you flip it around so it faces the other way so you can't see the dent. Um, That's a bagel party. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's not even funny. (laughs) As your people, bleary-eyed people, are coming out, just all eating bagels, hearing regaled stories of what's going on. Timothy stands up, stretches a little bit, Feels his forehead's a little bit raw as he's not sure what's going on. Just scratches the cock and balls that's like emblazoned on his forehead in peanut butter. And um, somebody helps him walk it off. <laughs> so he just pulls the three EpiPens out of his chest. Looking down. <laughs> and um, at this point, you hear the door burst open, the solid oak door, and you hear a poof. As the door hits the head of Crippen, as Crippen's <laughs> shoved out of the way, and standing in the doorway is the large and imposing form of none other than Professor Impar Mathialthisiziniak, Belsiar's father, the head of divination, as the old, serious-looking dra- uh, Crocoborn in his pyjamas, nonetheless, looks around the room, looks down at the unconscious twitching form of Crippen, who now has several lumps on the side of his head, looks up, looks over at Belsiar, shakes his head and just says, what is going on here? Belsiar develops a very keen interest in the colour of the carpet between his feet. Wooden flooring. The colour of the wooden flooring between his feet. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, as Belsiar looks looks down, I, I guess this is something I'm kind of familiar with, like the the dynamic between Belsiar and his and his dad. Um, and I, I'm just going to say, um, pro- Professor, he um, he tried to he tried to steal supplies from the from the common room. We were just we were just seeing Crippen out, and he he tripped and hit his head on the on the doorway. Yes, and I'm sure the fact I opened the door into his head several times didn't 
no good. Right. Well, of course, sir. Thank, thank you, yes. All things being the same, discipline is the bedrock of any academic institution. And as much as a wrong was done, and justice was brought upon this cat as he kicks Crippen again, um, he says, discipline must indeed be served because you are up after hours, and that is a punishable offence. All of you know the curfew. The amenities that are given to you, the free bagels, the tabloids, and the academia. Not the tabloids. We would never read tabloids, for we are not working class pants. I mean, <laughs> someone, someone hides a copy of The Sun. Someone, people throwing tabloids onto the fire. <laughs> yes. It's what we, yeah, there's not a lot of, uh, the, the price of, the price of logs in Draconia is crazy, so we just burn tabloids. <laughs> Burning tabloids. Yes, well, the amenities that are offered to you, the unlimited bagels, the broadsheets, the academia, the journals, and the wingback chairs, which are pure Chesterfield and should not be um, looked down upon, are given to you on the proviso that you adhere to the, the, the scant few rules of discipline that we have implied upon you. So a punishment will be levied upon all of you. As you hear a little voice behind him, it's like, sir, 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 as he's like, oh, God. What now, Tombola? As he looks round at one of the little kids, he's like, sir, 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 there's been a robbery. As he's like, hold on, I'm not finished disciplining you, and I'm particularly disappointed in you, son. I thought you knew better. I will not be withholding my discipline just because you are my son. You will face the same penalty that all of these other rebel rousers will. Um, uh, dad, sir, sir, dad. Surely there's, surely there there's... No some... familial ties will keep you from the long arm of justice here. No. As he just puts out a finger onto your lips, turns around towards uh, the little um, spotty kid called Tombola from one of the other houses. And it's like, Tombola, what are you doing out of your common room? That's the little kid. Like, so it's been a robbery. Somebody's stolen the lacrosse cup. <gasps> the lacrosse cup, the great lacrosse cup. The um, Impar, my Althasistiliac, is like, oh dear gosh, this is a night. As he just picks up the half unconscious, twitching form of Crippin, shakes him repeatedly as foam flies everywhere, throws him into a winged back chair, and is like, I'll come back for you. I'm not finished here. Justice does not sleep. As he turns around and speaks to Tom Bowler and says, now tell me everything you know. This is of vital importance. Tomorrow is a lacrosse house final, and we are also under Alstead inspection. And <laughs> last thing I need is to run a mockery with a fucking inspector. Oh, not fucking, we would never say that word as a teacher. Sorry, I'm bad in the morning. <laughs> it's after so, hours, so you can say what you like. Yes, you, you rogue, I'm sure I could. Anyway, tomorrow we have Alstead inspections. It is the final of the lacrosse house cup. I need to find this trophy. Whoever has stolen this trophy will serve serious time. It wasn't me. He looks around. He looks at you all and says, I do not think anyone who was stupid enough to steal a cup would stay up half the night partying with bagels. But... The school is under a state of emergency. We must unite to find the House Cup. I will need your help. Um, and as members of the lacrosse team, you are solely responsible for the welfare of that trophy. We'll find it, Dad, Sir, sir Dad, and we'll... Well, 
You only have until 9 a.m. because that's when the Alstead inspectors come. And if that trophy isn't back in the case in the hallway at the front, well, there'll be hell to pay. And not just for you, for me. Luckily, your mother isn't here to see it. She's currently off on a yoga retreat. Off in sure, Dad. A yoga retreat. <laughs> Do you know how many times your your mother has gone off on a yoga retreat with one of those spelled elf instructors? Jesus Christ. She really gets all those elf yoga instructors, doesn't she? She really does, doesn't she? Quite frankly, her pelvic floor must have a basement. I mean, Jesus Christ. Anyway, that's enough smack talk about your mother. Right. I need you. I need you and your little scallywag friend there, Flagon, to lead a party to help recover. The House Lacrosse Cup. We'll do it. I um, have an important... I need to attend now. But um, In the middle of the night. He's just... (laughs) (laughs) An invasion. He looks at you all. He looks at the sass you've just given him. As he's over, that's a slightly dented bagel. Pulls a plug. Count arm and says, privileges have been removed. Professor. You think on that whilst you're eating porpoise toast. As he just walks out of the room with the toaster under one arm and slams the door. The look of gravitas in the room, like the silent tear that's rolling down Timothy's mouth. The look of sadness in Marjoram's eye. The other one's just waggling around all over the place. But um, the look of sadness as a real, there's a panic. Um, members of House Balgoni are proud winners most years of the um, Lacrosse House Cup and have their name engraved on it. And to lose it would be a great dint in their honour. And it's at this point that we're going to take a drinks break because I've run out of gin and tonic. And that's probably the only thing that's fueling this adventure currently. Are we all ready? Yes. Are you sitting comfortably? Do you have a bevy of alcoholic drinks? I'm a gin, Ricky. Yes. Excellent. Right. Gins are all round. We pick back up in the wee hours of the night in the common room of the Balgoni House in the Wizard Sleeve, a premiere wizarding academic institution where shock horror in the middle of the night not only did a cad and a bandit try and steal the bagel toaster from um the common room but it was also revealed that the lacrosse house cup had been stolen from the display case in the great hall mere hours before the final of the lacrosse championships could be played where balgoni themselves would be pitted against Argyle. Um, now then, as the pitter-patter of crocoborn feet of Impar, your father, scuttle off to down the street to his event that he has to go to in the night, which prevents him helping you, you all look around in the common room, sadness in your eyes, um, anger, looking at the prone form of Crippen. Crippen was from Stanifeth, right? He was, yeah. He wasn't from Argyle. So no. we we would know that, obviously, because it's, it's the final tomorrow and everyone's been fucking talking about it, we would know that Argyle would um, potentially benefit from um, the cup being lost. Um I guess I, I, I guess I say that, and I, as, as I kind of turn around to Belsiar, and I say, "Well, should we go and investigate the the Argyle Common Room? Maybe investigate the Great Hall." We need to put a 
we, 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 we need to get a group together. Uh, all, all good adventures start with a group, I think. Going to be me, my best friend Flago, uh, Mar- Marjoram, the 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 love interest, and she looks at you with a little like. <laughs> I really hope this is all out loud that Belsiar is saying. It's like the it's like the uh, it's like the it's like that thing in um, uh, in the office when he's when they're in the casino night and he's like, from now on, I will be Eagle One, Flagon, you will be Eagle Two. <laughs> Marge, you will be sexy Igor. And Timothy will be uh, blundering uh, comic relief who ends up saving the day in the end with a noble act of painful self-sacrifice. Is that Timothy? Yeah. Yeah. Timothy is certainly um, there. Marjoram is there. Both of them are, like, ready and willing. Uh, Crippen is obviously there, the bully from Staniforth. Um and various other people in the background who and neither in or there. You you can certainly take Timothy, the small, weedy, underdeveloped child with a cock and balls uh, rat on his forehead now. It'll be a good it'll be a good distraction. And Marjoram, the beautiful, beautiful, like uh, unobtainable Marjoram, who is the heroine of this um piece. Highly addictive and dangerous to your health. Yes. Um, can I, I don't know, go and, like... Chasing the dragon. Can I, oh, no. Can I, uh, can I go and splash, like, a glass of water on, uh, on, um, Crippon's face? Crippon. Crippin. K-R-I-P-E-N. Crippon. Crippon, okay. Not Crippon. Crippon sounds like some kind of group discount code you get. Hey, you come up with the names, man. Uh... Um, yes, you can go and get the filthy bowl of water from your dresser in your room, which has all got the sweat and dirt and mud. Um... Good idea, Flacco. We might need him as a uh, liaison with the other houses. We might need him as collateral. It was that. Was that fucking Timothy? <laughs> He's gone from comic relief to like He's, water very quickly. His throat was swollen up from all the peanut butter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not the peanut butter. He's Real like, mad about oh, that. I'm dead. You just hear Timothy's like, I'm mad. I'm real mad. This is also Barbara's origin story. Yeah, he gets right. turned into a wolf through some <laughs> magic hijinks. Fucking <laughs> brilliant, isn't it? The summoning circle accident is uh, <laughs> Timothy gets turned into a wolf. Um, so, yes, you, um, you need to call him your tattoo. Flagon, you go into your room and you pick up the, there is a white metal bowl, which is now full of filthy sweat and mud water that you've washed yourselves down in. Um, as you bring it back into the common room, everyone cocks an eyebrow looking at you. As you waddle your way back to... Um, a Crippen, who's like slumped in a wingback chair. Um, is he unconscious? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna just like walk over, kind of a bit daintily, and like kneel down anxiously, and then just <laughs> chuck it in his face. In the chair. Okay. Make me an intimidation check. Intimidation roll. Intimidation. Um. Oh shit! That's an eight. An eight. I mean, you totally write off the Chesterfield wing back chair as you just hear lots of groans from the other people in the room. <laughs> as, uh, uh, as you hear a like, 
as uh, just foam just spills out the side of his mouth as a hand so it comes up and reaches for the bumps on the side of his head as Crippen looks up. I mean, he's big and stupid. He's the bully who lacks intelligence, who just hides behind his own physique. As he looks up, he's like, where am I? You're in, you're in hell, Crippen. Oh, God. Not you twats. Oh, God. As he, as he puts two arms on the... He puts two hands on the arms of the chair and goes to lift himself up out of... The now soggy Chesterfield wingback chair. Not so fast, you Stannis. What, what was it? Stannis. Stannis, you pay any attention? Jesus Christ, you Balgonies are up your own asshole. Yeah, well, uh, at least we've got one. At this point, you just see Timothy walks in, takes a fork, sticks it up his nose, and lifts it up as he's like, I'm not fucking about. What have you done, you little shit? We have lost our bagel toaster, and I am through fucking about with you. So you will tell us what is going on right now. Otherwise, I will push this fork up into your fucking brain. As there's like a slight look of worry on um, Crippen's face, as he's like, "Right, you put you, you stand your dog down. It's all right. I'll talk." Hang on, tell, us, hang on, tell us, tell us what happened to the to the lacrosse. Like a fork tying off each nostril, as he's like, "I'll tell you. I'll talk. I'll talk." <laughs> As Timothy lowers the the fork, little like rivulets of blood come down Crippen's like top lip. Just it's like, a brain matter, just yeah. just on the end of the fork. Yeah, it's just like little meatball on the yeah. end of the fork. As um, and you guys are fucking psychopath. All right, yeah. I know his accents changed four times, but he's he's scared. As um, <laughs> he's also sustained a lot of brain damage. <laughs> Crippen's like, all right, my lover. As this just spins the wheel of accent. Crippen um, just says, look, I just came here for a fucking toaster. You know what it's like. It's, it's bragging rights. You steal toasters from other houses. You, you, you stick them in your common room. You know, people think you're the balls. Yeah, except you forgot one thing. You don't steal toasters from this house. Well, I don't give a shit. I just had a job to do. And, you know, I stole the code for your door off one of the prefects and, you know, middle of the night, no arm, no foul. You kicked the shit out of me. I could have brain damage. I mean, I, I, I think 90% of that was your own doing, Crippen. You you laid down next to the door, and then when one of the faculty members was trying to get in, you just fucking laid there. <laughs> oh, is that what happened? He looks at you, and he's like, and also, you, you, you've just exchanged bodily fluids with me. As he looks down at the washer of kind of like grime water that's all over him, he's like, that's fucking disgusting. I could I could get anything. Like, seriously, I could get rabies. Oh, pipe your shit down, Crippen. Pray that we don't we, we know healthcare problem. isn't free, but, you know, everyone who goes to the wizard's sleeve can afford to get a healer in. Jesus fucking Christ, if we killed you, we could afford to get someone in to revivify you. Oh, well, look, just, just cool your tits, all right? Right, look, I just came here for the bagel toaster, all right? I've got no other agenda. What do you know about the lacrosse cup? You, I mean, you guys win it every year. I mean, the the, the physical trophy. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not playing games. And I look at Timothy. Timothy is just like a furious pair of eyes under a bright red cock and balls that appear to be glowing in the firelight. <laughs> somebody's, somebody's used the tabloids to get a real blaze going. Um, <laughs> it's really going. Um, just bits of tabloid are drifting, you know, like when you throw stuff on a fire and just the kind of ashes and ember just float through the air, little sparks. Um, as he's like, I don't know shit. I swear, I just came here for the fucking bagel toaster. All right, I turn around to I turn around to Belsiar and just like 
huddle up with the team and say, he doesn't appear to know anything. Uh, maybe he knows someone in Argyle who, uh, who, who, who might have, who might have tried to steal the, the cup. What do you think? I think we should, uh, yeah, let's, let's pump him for, in, for his contacts in other houses that might know something more. Do we know from what I can imagine is a kind of heated rivalry between the houses over the lacrosse cup? Do we know? Do we know of the Argyle House and maybe specifically the Argyle House lacrosse team? Do we know anyone who was like super, like super passionate about trying to win it for Argyle? This is private school. Lacrosse is life. Like the only thing that's more important than lacrosse is the bagel machine. Like it's it's a religion. Like everyone in a house. I mean, there there are enthusiasts in every single house for the for the cup, and you know the it's just unfortunate that Belgoni are where the majority of the elite rich turn up, and and you know they bought the cup. Many parents send their children on the proviso that they will definitely be a member of Belgoni House and no other. It's it's a privilege when in later in your career you can say you were a Balganite. Mm. Let's just go back to bed. I mean, it's only a bloody bit of metal. But it's, At that point, Marjoram takes you underneath your arm and goes, that is not the voice of the hero that I know. We cannot go to bed for honour. I'm too cool for your hero games, babe. I like I like look over at Belshauer and like shoot him a look like as if to say some something like Say something fucking inspiring. I mean, I don't know where the trophy is, but by the dawn of sun, sun's rays hitting the noble the cross fields of the wizard sleeve, we shall find that trophy. And, and with that, she turns around. She had a sad look on her face, and she was walking away from you. Her eyes light up as she hears you taking on the challenger. She spins around, skips up to you, and pecks you on the cheek and says, we will find this lacrosse cup. We will be victorious. And yes, we will eat bagels in the morning rays. Huzzah! Huzzah! No more shall we be like squalid paupers eating mere two-dimensional toast. We shall bask in the glory of three-dimensional bagels. Marge, I don't mean to put a downer on your point, but it's been about five minutes since the toaster was taken. I don't think anyone's even tried to eat the pauper's toast yet. As you look over at one of the other kids, there's one of the other little, like, weedly little kids. He's got a stick and he's trying to cook a bagel in the flames of the fire over the tabloids. And <laughs> it's just like, it's not the same. <laughs> You burn from one side. You keep trying, Leonard. And it tastes of poor Britain print. <laughs> it tastes like cheap tabloid nonsense. Yeah, and taste the grammar and the lies. I say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn to Belsiar and, and Marge and Timothy and say, I don't know. I don't know about you. Maybe, maybe we could, maybe we could go. We either go to the Argyle Common Room or we go to the, we go to the Great Hall where, where the cup was stolen from. At this point, the, the flaming firebrand of Timothy, who's found his boldness now, is like the Great Hall sounds like a good place to start. Maybe oh, that's where the, that's where the trophy was. I've got that's- a better idea. Let's go to the Great Hall and have a look at where the trophy used to be. Now that sounds like a leader. As Timothy just shakes his head, he's like, whatever. <laughs> as, as he's like, come on, let's go. As all of you make your way out of the corridor, feeling a little bit awkward walking around at night as you know you're not meant to. 
Um, as you skulk your way around the corridors and down a flight of stairs, making your way to the Great Hall, you bump into um, Snaggletuft, who is coming the other way, looking pretty bleary-eyed. He spent all night working on the cricket pitch. Um, as he comes up, he's like, what the hell are you boys doing? You know you shouldn't be out at night. We've got special permission from Professor Impa? Impa? Professor my dad. (laughs) From Professor Dad. Make, make me a persuasion check. I just wanted to note, by the way, um, Belsia's wearing like a schoolboy cap, but he's got it turned around. He's wearing a string vest with <laughs> boxes and a, ba- and, a, and, a, and a school hat worn backwards. Uh, did you say persuasion? Yeah. That's an eight for persuasion. An eight. He, he takes you to one side whilst the others are all canning about, and Belsia is like, look, I'm all this like being here. You know what it's like? I, I went to school here, and I grew up to be absolutely nothing. I rubbed shoulders with the likes of your father, and look at him now. And what am I? I'm the groundskeeper. But look, in all seriousness, when I was a little boy, there were stories told about a camping trip where scouts went out, and a little boy went off on his own. He was molested by an owlbear in the middle of the night in the woods, and no one heard to, no one heard his screams. It is for your own safety that we say do not walk around at night. But there are things that there are things out there which are not altogether conducive to your well-being. Don't worry, Snugglepuss. If a <laughs> if an owlbear attacks me, I'll turn him into an owlbear hat. All right. Well, you will be as you will be. I can only show you so much due care. I owe that much to your father. But if you really say you're on the work of your father, then go about your go about your ways. As um, he takes his paw of an arm off your shoulders. And just walks up the, sh- the stairs wearily. Uh, we carry on to the Great Hall. Making your way into the Great Hall, what a majestic sight the Great Hall is. Um, as you walk into the back of the Great Hall, before you get to the doors, there are wooden plaques on the walls and engraved on wooden plaques are names, row upon row of chiseled names into the plaques, each inlaid with gold. And as you look at the names, you see that they are ex-schoolboys who have fallen in the Great Draconic Wars, all of which have been immortalised, their name forever remembered as the greatest sacrifice paid for all of you to instantly forget about and walk past every morning on the way into assembly. As you go through the double doors, you walk in, you just see rows upon rows of wooden chairs, each with a hymn book on top of them, now empty the lot as there's no one really in here. Looking up, you see behind you tiers upon tiers. There's more seating that goes up behind you. And as you come in, you see the great stained glass windows on the wall. You see yet another pipe organ. Um, clearly it is the height of musical technology, the pipe organ in, in this culture at this age. As um, down the front, you see the great tables that the prefects and the head boys all sit on. And then behind them, you see the giant curtains on the stage lit up, all the lights never turning off, casting a light up these crimson red curtains with your school motto across the top. And on the other side, on the left-hand side, the organs on the right-hand side, on the left-hand side, you see the light twinkling off the the glass cases, which hold the sporting trophies. And Uh, as you look... Quick question. What's the school motto? The school motto is um, Numquam Fideum Draconis, Never Trust a Dragon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There you go. Uh, Yes, as you look up at the giant Numquam Fideum Draconis written up um, above you, uh, you make your way in. You see um, 
you see the the case, giant cases, glass cases on one wall, uh, glass still intact. As um, you look at them, you just see cup upon cup upon cup and, and various shields with names written on them, um, cups of varying sizes, various plates, and polished plates as well, for all the different sports that go on here. Archery, cricket, rugby, um, fencing, fives, uh, there's there's all sorts. And you see cups which are there for uh, things like rhetoric and debate, uh, not just for sporting prowess, but also for academic prowess. Um, and you see an oaken panel on the wall that also has engraved on it the names of all the all the head boys going back through through the years, all the way back for hundreds of years. So, do you say the glass is still intact on the on the on the one where the cup is missing? Yeah, but there's just one where there's a that, that even in the best kept thing you can see the discoloured patch where the dust would have been the 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 inverse print of where the, the base of the cup lay, which is slightly different colour from the rest of that shelf, where dust has settled all the way around it, but not there. So I want to do two things, uh, and I am hoping that I can get a help action from someone. Um, I'd like to make an investigation check to see what I can see on the... Uh, the surrounding area to see if I can glean anything from that. Yeah. And I'd also like to make an arcana check, if yeah. I could, to see if someone's used magic um, and what kind of magic to kind of heist this trophy. Yeah, absolutely. You can do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so which, which order do you want to do those in? Uh, I guess I'll do the investigation first and then the arcana. Okay. Um, or if, um, if Belsiar, if you want to do one of those and I'll do the other. I've got, I get a plus four to investigation and arcana. So if you have better on either of those. No, you're, you're better. Okay, cool. Um, can I get can I get a help action from from Belsiar or um, or Marge? Give you me get, get an investigation. Marge, much like a lighthouse, her eye is just sweeping, spinning around, just watching over the great hall. Uh, so I got a dirty twenty for investigation. For investigation. You look everywhere. You look at the case. You notice that the door is just pushed to. The lock has been picked, but not broken. The glass is intact. As you look up and down, you pull it open and the door's open and you get that kind of musty smell um, of all the sort of trophies and the dust. Um, everything is still, still there intact. There's no particular fingerprint. The school are very meticulous about uh, polishing the trophies. and There's no particular disturbance other than the one trophy missing for the lacrosse house cup. Um, for a dirty 20, yeah, there's not really anything there. It's only as you feel a crunch under your foot, you look down, and you see a white powder residue on the floor as you see you've stepped on something which is crushed and left a white powder underneath your shoe. Hmm. Do I have any idea what it is? Um, does it look to be something like a, a spell component or something like that that's been left behind? Um, as you dip down and look at it, you see another white small thing. You realise you've stepped on a pill and there's another pill next to it on the floor. One you've stepped on and one you haven't. Mm. Can I take one of the intact pill and, and try and get Timothy, Timothy to eat it? Yeah, if you want. Um, Timothy, I, I don't think this is a good idea. I am allergic to a number of things, including avocado and peanut butter and um, semen. And he's... <laughs> he's uh, it's just a, a son of those. 
I probably shouldn't go to a Mexican restaurant on that. <laughs> um, he's, yeah, I mean, you can't, he's really not up for it. It's not something he's going to do willingly. Um, uh, if it's a, if it's a, if it's a pill, can I make like a medicine check or something like that? Mm-hmm. See if I know what it is. Ten. Ten. I mean, all you're going to get from it, you know, the school has a medica. Any pills are more than likely being that it's a boarding school. The drug trade. I mean, there is a drug trade as your friend Rolo is fucked off to buy some crunk from a local village. But most medicines come from the school medica and it has a serial number stamped on it or a couple of letters. Oh, OK. Maybe we t- maybe we take that and go see the go see the doctor. Um, it says EV88 on it. EV88. Okay. Just, just stamped into the pill. Yeah. Um, we take that. Um, I guess maybe I'll just do a quick arcana check just to see if any spells were used around here as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially on the display case. Yeah. Uh, it's a 16. Um, not really a great deal, um, going on there. No, like, no magic that you can see, nothing discernible. Um, whatever was done, I think was just done by hand. Okay, cool. Um, I'll turn to Belsiar and the others and I say, I guess maybe the Medica could be the, the, the best way. What do you think, Belsiar? I've got a better idea. This pill came from some kind of pharmacy or medical cabinet. I think we need to find a, a doctor or the school nurse to, to ask them what it could be. I think we should go to the medica. That um, I, like, I nod at, at Belsiar, like giving him a knowing look, like, that's what's up. Marjoram at that point just looks at Belsiar. She's like, yes, yes, that is what we should do. And <laughs> she just picks up Timothy, who's still backing off, not wanting to take pills. He's, he's an advocate of clean living. As... Um, you make your way back through the corridors. You've um, deposited the um, small pill for safekeeping uh, in a small glass tube that you have. As you make your way back through the corridors, um, you make your way um, through a couple of like winding corridors. You have to go across the quadrangle, and you all know where the school medica is. There's many a person has gone in there to get a sick note to bunk off PE. Um, as you make your way, first of all, you go to the double doors, you make it into the waiting room, which is pretty dark, all the lights are turned off, um, and the desk is empty at the front. It's currently the middle of the night, it's about 4 a.m. Um, like a bell I can ring. Yeah. I smash the bell and be like, nurse, nurse! Um, not really a great deal going on. You keep going, ring, 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 um, You hear a bumping around upstairs. Um you hear some of the nurses and doctors live on site as well all teachers in a boarding school live on site um as you hear bumping a slow like clump clump footsteps down the stairs as a side door opens and a very bleary looking um dragonborn with a wee wee winkle hat and a candle uh, in the night down, like opens it's like what manner of what is going on? Um, you notice him. You recognize him. You've all seen him before. His name is um, Orthogonal Caput, and he is the school doctor. Dr. Caput, we're on a special mission from my dad, Professor My Dad. Oh, good. Is one of you dying? Looking by the nasty rash on Timothy's forehead, he possibly needs some topical cream. Yes, can we get some antihistamines? And also, could you take a look at this pill for us? I'm not giving you pills to party. I've made that clear to many students over the years. These pills are not for partying. No, we've, we've, we're on the hunt for the uh, missing lacrosse trophy. 
And we think this might be an important clue. Maybe a persuasion check. Can I um, can I give him the help action? Give him advantage? I don't need your help. Okay, 14. <laughs> Maybe I should give up. He's like, what is in this for me? It is four in the morning. I'm very tired. And I've got a lovely lady upstairs who I picked up from the local village at a pub quiz. So what exactly is it that I'm going to get out of this? I'll alter your hair. Oh, dear God. Um, sure, if you want to give me a quick haircut using your magical powers, I will accept that in. <laughs> he takes off his wee willy wink eye and he's, he's got very disheveled graying hair, which is just kind of windswept and craggish. <laughs> I give him a bit of the old... Um... What's it, what's it called, like the uh, hair dye stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you match in all of his facial hair and hair and just give him a really, like, slick Vidal Sassoon kind <laughs> of like, blast. As he looks at himself, he's like, well, this is going to be weird when I go back upstairs and say hello to the lady who instantly thinks she's... You look, you look 20, 20 years younger, sir. Excellent. Well... Let me help you. As he reaches underneath the counter and picks up a dusty tome, opens it, creaks, and he blows dust everywhere. As he flicks through pages, bring me the pill. Uh, who's got it? Uh, we've got it. Here it is, right here. He brings the pill, and he holds a magnifying glass and looks at it, and it goes, EV88. As he flicks and flicks and flicks and flicks, he's like, that is broad-spectrum antibiotics. Antibiotics for a disease? Yes, bacterial infections are often treated with broad-spectrum antibiotics. Can you can you tell us who this was prescribed to? It's fairly common. How many people do you know who are currently suffering from a bacterial disease? Not that many. I was hoping you could help us. You want me to divulge personal information from students? God damn it, Doctor! This isn't rocket science, it's the lacrosse trophy! This is the pride of Balgoni that we're talking about. Quite frankly, I've always been more of a croquet man myself. This is so fucking private school. <laughs> fucking croquet. What do you want to say? Broad spectrum antibiotics. Who's got the clap, Doctor? Well, not me if I leave that lady upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Doc. What's the purpose of antibiotics in a wild way that your local cleric can bring you back from the dead with a, a, a simple spell? Oh, dear God. Yes, but in the universe of Harry Potter, what's the fucking point in owls when you can just magic messages all around the place? Like, there has to be a backup in case magic crumbles or is ineffectual. So, yes, in the same way we operate in currency. Magic doesn't destroy the requirement for currency, does it? That's some very good world-building wall, wall there, Doc. Thank I you very much. appreciate it. Um, if, do, do we know anyone, it turns to the group, do we know anyone who's got an infection? Yeah. Um, would we know anyone who, ooh, anyone who, I, I turn to the doctor and I say, who, um, asked for a sick note in the last, in the last couple of days? Again, why would I want to give you personal information about students? You can get back to your lady quicker. Well, I'm cooling off. As you look down, you just see steam rising <laughs> Houses. Would we would we know anyone who um yes who had a who was off sick like the last yes. couple of days? Yes. <gasps> Is it like an infirmary? You're in the you're in the medical Wait, yeah, yeah, there'll be beds. Oh, right. Oh, okay. They're out the back. Oh, okay. Um, We're going to interview all of the patients. Yeah, you stay here. 
didn't remind me why I would want to let you wake up ill people at four o'clock in the morning. Because the more leeway you give us, the less we'll bother you. Just go back to your lady friend. You're bothering me. You won't even know we're here. We'll be very quiet. Just, just, just go upstairs, Doc. I'll have you know, Doctor, I... My father can can see to it that your your estate is blessed with a, a significant investment. If you were to if you were to let us do this, um, my I father can... works in big pharma. If he would see to cut the price of the pills here so that we get them at a more amenable rate, maybe I might be interested in helping. I can I can open and certainly smooth the channels of negotiation for you. Well, in that case, I will leave the key to the infirmary here, and I'm going to go back to ploughing the fields, as it were. I go, you have yourself a good night, Doctor. And I put my hand out to give him a fist bump. As he goes to give you a fist bump, realises it's not age appropriate, and then um, stops trying to be a cool, trendy youth pastor, <laughs> and leaves you hanging. As, my, my hand follows him as he like leaves the room like that. I'm like, as he oh, goes to climb, oh. as he goes to climb the stairs back with his candle, you can just see his scaly dragonborn ass hanging out the back of his nightshirt. As he's like, "Good night." You go get it, Doc. Um, we <laughs> as, uh, just, as you just hear the floorboards just going. Uh, so we take the keys and we go into the infirmary. There's little motes of dust just come down from the ceiling as the chandelier just starts creaking. If you want to cut away for a, for a Dragonborn sex scene, that's that's fine. We've got we've got time. Oh dear, nobody wants to see his hemipenal bulge. Um, <laughs> right, absolutely. Um, <laughs> as um, the four of you. Uh, Timothy, um, Marjoram, Flagon, and Belsiar make your way into the infirmary. The doors are dark. As you open up, you see all the beds, row upon row upon row of beds with sleeping figures in them all. Um, I'm going to need you to all make me a sleight of hand, no, of a stealth check, please. Sorry. I mean, who's saying we're stealthy? Uh, uh, seven. Seventeen. Seventeen. Um... Moving like stealthily, stealthily, like through them. You're checking the clipboards on the bottom at the end of the bed, looking for people's diagnoses as you hear a scream as who got seven? I did. As um, Belsiar accidentally kneels on somebody's colostomy bag and you just hear a scream as fluids are just forced back up into somebody as you just put a pillow over their face. Um, <laughs> them back to sleep um, just turning up their um, pain med drip <laughs> they just really drift off back into the abyss go to sleep, um, sleep go to sleep go to sleep um, which we um, we? we're we not there as uh, you go from bed to bed picking up all the different um, has one of you got like a light cantrip or something I've got I've got a light cantrip, yeah. yeah. Making it's a great light under your hand, keeping it safe. You go from bed to bed looking. You, you see everything as people with like wisdom tooth pains. You've got people with shin splints. Uh, you've got a broken arm. You've got hemorrhoids, um, thrush. Um, and um, as you're looking around, you've, um, you've got various people in there. Somebody is in there um, for neuralgia, and then you come to one and you pick it up, and it says 
um, conjunctivitis. Okay. Um, I guess if I'm holding the clipboard, I like gesture to Belsiar and the other two, and I like point at the bit on the clipboard that says conjunctivitis. Conjunctivitis, a.k.a. pink eye. <laughs> As um, you look down at the name on it and see that they are in Plimperton House, and this person has suffered from the dreaded Plimperton pink eye plague that has washed through the house. Is that... Is there someone in the? Is is there someone like asleep in the bed? Well, they're very asleep. There's so much kind of like crust they can barely open their eyes. Um, they grab a pair of surgical scissors and stuff. They've got pink eye. Their life is over anyway. Okay, you've already Harold Shipman, one person at the end. How you going for life? Uh, no, I, no, I, I don't do that. As you go to get the surgical scissors, you look around and see Marjoram smiling sweetly at you as you just slowly put them in a kidney dish. I, I use them to open a, a, a bag of chocolates and pull them into a little bowl so that, so that everyone will have a nice little... Uh... <laughs> a nice little nighttime snack. Yes. <laughs> a little nighttime snack. Um, as Timothy is like, I'm diabetic. Um, of course you are, you fucking sick boy. Uh, um, I'm gonna walk over to, I'm gonna walk over to the head of the bed where this person is sleeping. Um, cast the light cantrip on my hand and just put it right up to their face and say, "Tell me everything you know." And you just see this bleary red-eyed person wakes up and is like, <laughs> "What you, what you want? You stole the." You stole the fucking lacrosse cup from the Great Hall. Where are they? Where is the cup? <laughs> make me an intimidation check. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Uh, seven. seven. No, not seven, not seven, nine. Sorry. Where's the Ooh. cup? As, as you can see the lady, she, she like sits up in the bed and like you just see her like uncrusting her eyes, which are bloodshot, with all like pink. As she... You recognise her. her name is uh, Cynthia Sistwit, as she is like. I don't know what you're talking about. Look, this. I'm just here because I've got pink eye. Like I can't see shit. I don't know anything about it. I'm, I've been in here for like a week. Tell us who from your house took the cup. I don't know. Why didn't you fucking go to the fucking common room if you want to have out? I'm in here. I've been in here for a week. Timothy, get the car battery. <laughs> As Timothy uh, is currently rubbing like ointment and topical cream onto the cotton balls, and his forehead just wheels a defibrillator across. <laughs> That'll do. Now, Cynthia, you 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 sit real still, and I I pick up the I pick up the defibrillators without turning them on or anything. Um, I just like hold them together for a second. Just go now, Cynthia. You'd better be telling us the truth. Look at my fucking chart, you bellend. It says when I was admitted. Can we check the chart? Does it? Does it hold up? Yeah, Marjoram picks up the chart and is like, "Yeah, she's not lying. She's been in here for a week, if not longer. She's been on a course of broad spectrum antibiotics for pink eye, and if she is, so are probably half the fucking people in Plimpton House." I yeah, uh, I just put rather the... than beating the shit out of this poor person, we've probably already murdered someone in their sleep over there. As you just see the tongue lolling out of somebody's mouth. <laughs> Someone's gone full septic because Belsiar's like reversed the flow of their innards. <laughs> as um, as, as Margaret's like, wait, look, we're running out of time. The sun will be coming up soon. Why don't we just go to the fucking common room of Plimpton and, and see what's what? 
I uh, I just shrugged my shoulders and I put the defibrillator down and I turn around to Cynthia and say, have have a good evening. And then yeah, we'll thanks. Leave. I'll try. Yeah, you too. Would you like some chocolate? Yeah, that was my chocolate. My parents brought me that chocolate. Oh, well, there's no better time to uh, enjoy a piece. I, suppose, well, I, put, put, I put a piece on her bedside table. And then you take the rest. <laughs> you put them in my bedpan. Why yes. the fuck do I want to eat chocolate out of a dirty bedpan? Is there a plate? No, you put it in uh, a bedpan. Anyway, we've got to go to the common room now. Good idea, Timothy. Timothy wheels back the defibrillator. As you make your way out into the quadrangle, you, you're just starting to see the morning rays coming up. You're running out of time as you make your way back into the corridors of the school, weaving in and out of corridors. You know the school. Once you've walked around a school for several years, you know every shortcut. As you make your way up into the area of the school where the living quarters of Plimperton House are, and you come up onto the corridor where their common room is. At this point, Timothy has just got stripes um, of topical cream. <laughs> He's gone full predator. <laughs> He's just covered in the contents of the colostomy bag. So, <laughs> so that he can't be seen. Oh, Jeez. real war! That real war pain. That is. Um, do we? Um, does it? Is there like a a lock on the Plimpton? Yeah, uh, there's a door. Lock on the can I? Um, um, do have a small knife, or I can conjure other utensils. Can I try? And, <laughs> can I? Can I try and pick the lock? <laughs> with a spork. With a fish. With a fish knife. Do you want an oyster shucker? <laughs> you, can, you can conjure any utensil as long as it's not as it's not a, a spoon, knife, or fork. You can only conjure. You've got to go with something really weird. So I'm there. I'm there holding a wooden spoon, a spatula in one hand, and then like a fish slice in the other hand, trying to like wedge it in between like a credit card. Just fucking picking a lock with a whisk. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty helpful, actually. You could you could probably take that apart and bend it and use that as like one of the little. Right, so you've got the four digit. You you need to work out how to get through the four digit. Oh right, is there not a? Is there? Do I need to? Yeah, okay. you've got four digits on your door. Can we not pick the lock then? Oh shit! Well, um, how many the four digits have thousands. Yeah, that's what I mean. Why not just pick the lock? Zero 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 zero. No. Zero 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 one. No. Zero 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 two. two? No. Can we not just? I snagged the door in. It feels like it feels like an emergency. Like uh, unless I don't know, just shall we all just run at it? Belsia, crack out the ice knife, and I what turn do around. You know, what do you know about your own room? Like they, the the layouts of one common room are the same as the layouts of another common room. By, by in fact, the furniture might be turned around at different angles or laid out in a different way. Their common room will have the same floor print as your common room, by and large. So we can just smash a window and get in? It's, it's, I don't know. None of this is using ice knife, though. Yeah. I just I just shoot ice knife at the door. Yeah. I get I get Marge and, uh, and Timothy to stand back. I've seen I've, I've seen Bill's DR use ice knife. I, um... I, I I know I've I've got the I've got the frost burns up my arm to it to a test. <laughs> Everyone stand more than five feet away from the door. Okay, okay. an attack roll for ice knife. Um, unopposed attack, unopposed defense from a wooden door. <laughs> wooden door. Um, four plus four, eight. Eight. Um, as the ice knife um, misses. Uh, hits the door frame, explodes, firing an antique set of armor across the floor, making a huge booming noise that echoes 
through the curtains. You can now hear people starting to talk from the other side of the door. You can hear people waking up and asking what the explosion was. What are you all doing? You're all standing in the middle of the corridor. I shout, let, let us in. <laughs> Uh, Open the door. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna cast message through the door. Um, see if I can get, see if I can get reception from anybody. Uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, this is Professor Myerstvilliak. There has been a, there has been an emergency in the Great Hall. I require, uh, I require the the students of of Plimpton House to come out of their common room immediately. <laughs> so. How this is going to play out is there's a big explosion. Everyone's like wandering around, staring out of their rooms. There's a couple of early risers because it's the wee hours of the morning. And there's always people who like to get up early and seize the day. One of those people who is bright and bushy and dressed early, washed and ready for some early academia is currently at the bagel maker making bagels as a bagel drops out the end of the conveyor belt with a word written on it that says, hello, as the next one falls out, this just with the word burnt into the bagels as he lays all the bagels out to form the message in a hoop. Hello, this is Professor. He's like, guys, I don't want to make a big thing out of this. I think Professor uh, Myelthesthiliac is is outside. As you hear the door creak open, there's four heads, one on top of the other, all peer around, all with like pink eye. As I rush the fucking door. I'm going to rush it and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and like wedge my way in like where their heads are uh, and get around the door slamming your way through the door make me a athletics check are you helping belsia natural um, 20 i don't need to natural 20 flagon using your ridiculous strength um you guys are pro lacrosse players and lacrosse is one of the most brutal sports you think ufc is bad lacrosse is fucking mental ask any investment banker um <laughs> And you hit the sweet spot on the door as the naturally weakened pink-eyed Plimpertons are pushed backwards, falling in a hut-like mess on the floor, like an eaten mess. They're all scraggled on the floor as our four unlikely heroes march into the middle of Plimpton. And that bit you do as well. Do you know, like, um, when you... Um, get to go like round a random house you've got to pick something up and you just look around you like judge everyone else's house you're like oh, yeah 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 shitty wallpaper as um you're you're, you're secretly judging them i'm not uh, secretly judging them i'm looking around saying fucking pink eye pricks now oh, things starting a little bit like people are starting to stand up like this is an invasion of someone else's common room you know there, there is civil unrest People are not happy as the four of you stand in the middle. Timothy's just got his fork out. Timothy's just standing in the middle with his fork, just like, fucking step off, you twat, or I'll have you. Marjoram's like, could we talk about this, perhaps? There seems to have been some sort of misunderstanding. I'm going to shout, we know you've got the lacrosse cup, you pink-eyed pricks. Just give it back to us, and there'll be no, there'll be no need for further violence. As you hear a cackle, as one of the door opens and the large form of one of the Pimpton girls, who's called Fistula Sideswipe, who is, uh, she's a chonk. She's, she's, um, you wouldn't, you wouldn't mess. Like she, she can hold her own. As Fistula walks round the side of the door laughing, she says, yeah, you and whose army, you fucking scaly twat. Don't know why she calls you a scaly twat because everyone's scaly here. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be needlessly self-like deprecating. She's scaly and fat. 
Like, I think we win. She, she, she's a chunky crocodile. No, she's a chunky dragon. Uh, as she see her walk around the side of the door, she's like, you come in here fucking threatening us, you fucking Balgoni twat. What is this? I've got half a mind to pull your teeth out and shove what, them up your ass. What is this shit? Just give us the trophy back. You know we were going to win. We know that's why you stole it. My dad's going to be so mad. I haven't got a clue what you're talking about. But I do know if you don't get out of here in about the next five minutes, I'm going to fucking have you. Yeah, well, you and who's army? I'll have you on my own. I don't give a shit. As you, all the other kind of like pink... Um, Pimperton pink eyes are all like, fight, fight, fight. As people just start, like, the bagels are being thrown in the air, like, like broadsheet confetti is just raining down. And all chair has been set on fire, like it's turning into, like, Escape from New York. Can I turn, <laughs> to, um, can I turn to Marge and just say... You might have to get involved a little bit. Like, even even in a private school, like, the idea of two guys beating up a, a, even a fat woman, like, it's it's not great. You might have to get involved a little bit. Marjorie, like, takes you to one side and is like, do, do you know what? I think it's more of an issue that you're asking me to beat up another woman. I mean, why can't we just have gender equality? She wants to fight. You want to fight. Why can't you just have a fight? Each of us has a unique set of skills here. I'm the brains. You're the brawn, dipshit. There's a reason I'm not on the lacrosse team, and I help with the tactics. Would the Wizards Sleeve Feminist Society not be angry at us if we fought a woman? Or would they think we were being... Yeah, I guess we're being kind of uh, heroes. And whilst you're chatting away, a blow rains down on the side of Flagman's face as a fistula sideswipe just punches you right on the end of your um, nose. As she gets a, she gets a ten to hit. Um, you see something coming out the corner of her eyes. You move as her fist slams into a pile of bagels, just scattering them all over the floor. As you turn around, and she is all up in your grill. I go, oh well. Uh, I, I guess, I guess, I guess this is it then. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn around and and um, and sock her right in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then. Uh, oh, it's a twenty-four to hit. Jesus Christ! Yes, uh, that does that does six damage. Six damage. She goes flying backwards, goes over the back of an armchair. <laughs> she picks herself up out of the tumbling mess of an armchair, stands up like with one swollen side of her face. Now she's got one pink eye and one red eye as she claws her way back up and just comes screaming at you and goes to grapple you in your midriff um, and makes an unarmed attack at you, getting a 17 to hit. That hits. That hits. Um, Picking you up, she barrels you into the table where all the kind of toaster and all the... bagel and breads and jams and marmalades and stuff is uh, you take uh, seven points of damage Um, as the table splinters you go through it and you just feel like viscous sticky stuff is jammed down the side of your face um, uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm just gonna hit her again I'm I'm gonna go for like as she's like tackled me, I'm gonna go for like uh, the clap round the ears to try and like get her off me. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll see if I hit. Oh, I got a twenty-four again. 
At six down. 24. You punch her from both sides simultaneously, connecting with her. <laughs> um, as she staggers back, disorientated, make me a damage check. That's six damage. As she looks slightly woozy, she, she only had 12 health, as I think you do as well. As um, <laughs> she looks slightly woozy and just like rocks backwards, just like rocking very slowly on her feet as you walk up to her and just push her slightly on her forehead as she just falls over backwards out cold. I, um, Everyone else just seems to like just slowly drift off backwards into the room. Uh, the interesting thing being that most of the, the, the guys were too wimpy. Like she is the hardest of all of them. Um, the actual guys who talked, the Plimperton other house members were all talk and no action. She was she was definitely the hardest and the toughest of them. Um, I shout, are you not entertained? There's a look of fear and reticence in everyone's eye. Um, Timothy's running around like threatening people with a fork. <laughs> I'm having a very polite fist fight and he's full on like threatening people with like weapons. Marjoram, Marjoram is, is going for political diplomacy. Around the other side of the room. Can I start a small fire? <laughs> Good. I just I just set a bookcase on fire. Um, you snap a broom handle over your leg, wrap loads of um, bagels and broadsheets through the end, coiting them over. Broadsheets. Um, <laughs> them together with jam and light it in the fire, making a blazing brand, like a flaming torch in one hand, which is just dripping strawberry, molten strawberry. <laughs> As you go around threatening people with it. <laughs> now, someone, someone knows where the lacrosse trophy is, and we're going to take all your bagels until you tell us where it is. Maybe an intimidation check. Can I give him the help action? Yes. You get advantage from that. Okay, it's a 15. Uh, so it's a 17 or a 4. I'll take the 17. 17. As you pick on like one of the lads who, who, quite frankly, was too wimpy to even bother fighting. Like... Um, Fistula Sideswipe was 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 the heroine of Plimperton. And um, he's like, no, fuck it, it was only a joke. It's in the Ottoman over there. Look, don't hurt me. As, as you're swinging the flaming brand, as some of the molten jam just, like, black splatter just goes across his face. He's like, ah! It's like, palm jam. That's like, scarring him. Pink eye and then jam, like, burn into his cheek. Um, as you make your way over to the Ottoman, at, uh, which is at the bottom of the bookshelf, um, as you kick it open with one foot, there you see, in and amongst various blankets, the shining form of the Lacrosse House Cup, which has the name um, Balgoni engraved on it for many years. I um, uh, I gesture to Belsiar and I say, um, looks like the trophy is yours, sir, if, uh, if you'd care to do the honours. I... <laughs> I take the trophy, I fill it up with bagels, and then I drink bagels from the trophy. I take uh, I take the um as as Belsia's got the uh, got the trophy, I'm gonna grab the toaster from in here. Oh yeah, let's take yeah, yeah, make make sure we get their toaster. Uh st- taking the toaster you like they they go to complain, but you fight them off with a flaming like bagel and broadsheet brand like flaming brand. As um, you walk out, one of you with the toaster, one of you with the house cup, as you make your way back down to the Great Hall, opening up the cabinet, you put the shiny, prestigious house um, lacrosse trophy back in its rightful place, shut the door, step back, just as Professor Impar Mael Theodastiliak 
uh, appears behind you as both of you feel a large hand on either of your shoulders as he says, very good, you have rescued the house cup. And with it, you have saved us from a unsatisfactory review from Alstead, which would have definitely put a crimp in our annual review. That's all I ever wanted you to say to me, Dad. The pair of you have done well. As you hear a voice, as uh, Timothy says, Hey, look, I... The four of you have done well. <laughs> I am proud of each of you in your own individual ways. Timothy, you for finding your inner beast. Marjoram, you for bravely standing up to destiny and preventing my son from committing murder. Flagon, I have often wondered about the influence that you are on my son, but... Tonight you have no doubt helped him become a braver version of himself. And you, my son, if only your mother was here to see how proud I am of you and not schlepping an elf yoga instructor in Nicodranas, then I'm sure she would be proud of you. We we weren't sure whether that was obvious to you, sir. I've, I've been Belsiar's friend for several years, and all I hear about is the, is the, the yoga retreats for, for your wife. I know, her pelvic floor. As um, he goes to walk away, as he stops and turns and says, oh, yes, one more thing. Do not forget all of you are in detention on Saturday for breaking curfew hours earlier. Oh, fuck off, Dad. <laughs> as he looks at you with a slight wry grin, he says, and now off to bed. All of you, there are still at least one hour until full sunrise, and you are playing in the prestigious lacrosse cup. Get some sleep. Be ready. As he walks out of the door, uh, back to some other event that he has. Constantly wanking. As the four of you all gather around, Timothy, Marjoram, and um, Flagon, and Belsia all embrace in a group hug. As as Belsia and Marjoram stare at each other. Well, I mean, one eye is looking at you anyway, Belsia. As um, the four of you are firmly planted as friends. And that is where we're going to leave this very, very special Life and Times of Young Belsia one-shot. What becomes of Belsia and Flagon? We will probably find out in another one-shot. How does Flagon become the man that... The, 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 the dragonborn that he is in later adventures where we meet him. There must be more stories that we haven't yet got to. But for the time being, we do know that the House Lacrosse Cup is safely where it should be. And the honour and prestige of House Balgoni is without repute. Um, and once more, House Balgoni will eat the finest bagels in the land as um, you now have the bagel toaster that you've stolen. We have two bagel toasters. You will have two bagel toasters. You can have them on two different settings for those who like very burnt bagels and those who like... We're going to take this one from from Plimpton up to our dormitory. We're going to have it just for ourselves. Absolutely. You'll probably dry your clothes. Rather than you just turn it down to a very low setting and just use it. To yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we're gonna drive. <laughs> we're gonna drive up the wizard sleeves uh, electricity bell. Uh, just having it on for heating during the winter. And there we go. That's where we're gonna leave this week's one shot. We ran over a little bit, but it was nice to bring it to a resolution. Uh, any last words from either of you? Um, I, 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 I enjoyed getting to play Flagon. It was. It was it was fun. Other than getting over my general anxiety of, of um, posh people in private school, uh, <laughs> I think I think I think that was I think that was really interesting. I really I, I love being um, Belsia, not Belsia. Like that, that that's really um, 
I don't know, cathartic to be a Belsia that has that hasn't experienced uh, pain and, and loneliness yet. Hmm. It was interesting, and it was interesting for me because I ripped some aspects of it straight out of my own childhood. And I will leave you to work out which bits of it are purely fiction and um, what age I was when I got uh, pink eye for the first time. Got bagels. Yeah. Were there no. bagel toasters? There were toasters, the common room. If you if you were lucky enough to God. be in the junior common room, which I was never good enough to, you, you got unlimited toast. Yeah, there, there was a toaster. And they had a TV That's that they were allowed to watch Neighbours on and they had the newspapers. None of which I ever got to do because I wasn't in the junior common room. Okay. How do you ever half live? Was that because you attended private school at the age of 30? That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Uh, I am the groundskeeper. Uh, I am Snaggletuft in the story. Oh, um, yeah. There's like a post credit scene where yeah. the groundskeeper takes his hat off and it's just you. He turns around, and, turns around and stares at the camera, winks and nods, and then just goes back to, <laughs> I don't know, digging holes and stuff. And that's it. That's where we're going to leave this week's podcast episode. We will see you back here for a normal campaign episode soon. Look after yourselves. And remember, stay tipsy. Stay tipsy. Stay safe. <laughs>